So how old were you when you entered your first dollhouse competition? Okay, so ground rules is not a dollhouse. <laughs> it's it's uh it was a it was a miniature show, not a not a dollhouse competition. I'm Lita, and this is Small Answers. Today, I'm talking to Sam, a friend who also happens to be my brother-in-law. As a kid, Sam had an early interest in design that was nurtured by his parents, especially his mom, and also by his grandfather, an architect who considered the practice a higher calling. Later. Sam also decided to become an architect, although he found that the expectations he had for the profession, which were based on his grandfather's experience, didn't match up to their realities. But before any of that happened, when he was still a little boy, Sam's mom gave him a dollhouse. Together, they decorated it and built it out, adding furniture, landscaping, and some very unusual inhabitants. They had so much fun doing this that they took it one step further. They started entering competitions, I entered three years, three consecutive years, and I have to believe that I wasn't yet in middle school when, when I got my third ribbon, so that would, that would make it, what, second, no, third, fourth, and fifth grade. So how did it, how did it start? I got the house when, when uh, my mom went to, uh, she, she took a shop class, and I think it must have been a Christmas present, a Christmas or birthday present. So she made it? She she built it, yep. To begin with, it was just a house, open on one face, um, and it had uh, three stories, and and then sort of years, the, the, the next few years, we would build, we would sort of build it out together, and by the end, it had a whole landscape sat up on a hill and it was all paper mache and uh you know painted green sprinkled with sawdust for texture and uh there was a tree down the hill and then a little pond and in the tree there was a tree house and below the tree there was a, a privy the house itself was was called the woodland house i remember i had a little hand lettered sign um, on uh, a you know yeah a piece of a piece of wood, some I think some fake ivy uh, glued onto it with a glue gun. What kind of stuff would you make for the interior? You know I guess it followed some standards of what <laughs> what homes should look like. There was a kitchen on the on the ground floor, and then bedrooms on the second. Remember there was a uh, they had a a bubble bath. That was <laughs> the bubbles were beads, and the, you know the attic was sort of where the, you know the the kids would hang out. They were they weren't kids though, they were uh, the the characters, and that's really actually what I remember, probably best is the the characters, um, who were were all mice and bears. You know there was a constant little interaction amongst the uh, the woodland creatures. Would you and your mom decide on like a theme or something? Or what was the nature of the competition? Was it accuracy or creativity or? That's funny because I, yeah, I don't think that we were sort of competing to a specific criteria. I think it was, you know, I was like, this is, this is my vision here. And 
what do you what do you think you know our parents i mean my mom especially seemed um very willing to let us run with with our fantasy sort of the the, the world of world of fantasy um it's like well what you know what is your weird little world as a as a third grader and so yeah i guess i've i've been into models and and small spaces ever since (laughs) so your grandfather is an architect was he involved in this at all you know my grandfather was a huge influence um had a great kind of fantasy life of his own you know whether that played into the fantasy world of miniatures and models parlayed directly into the architectural career that I ended up pursuing or not I I can't really say because it two they're two very different times in my life like thinking about what I had to do and what I wanted to do or what I should do and what I wanted to do so you felt like architecture school was something you should do yeah, well, I majored in architectural studies as an undergrad, um, and grad school, it was a, it was just a sort of a natural progression, I guess. Um, Do you remember what your expectations of it were? My Yeah, my expectations of grad school were based on my, you know, my, my grandfather's recollections of his education. Sam's grandfather, Richard Morehouse, had been in the Air Force. He went back to school on the GI Bill after the war was over, attending the Harvard Graduate School of Design. Later, he was a founding member of the extremely influential Architects Collaborative, a firm whose philosophy was based on the social responsibility of architecture. It was a unique time to enter the profession. In the post-war environment, Architects were trying to be extremely thoughtful about the practice. They saw the careful design of the built environment as something that could help society function better, and perhaps inoculate it from the atrocities that the world had just seen. Grandpa went to school uh, when Walter Gropius was the dean of the Harvard GSD. There there was a lot of uh, vision, I think, associated with architectural education back then, and that's what I went to school thinking about, you know, and looking, sort of looking for. Is that what you found? Oh, no. No, it's not. I was there at a, at a period in time, I don't know, that was just maybe less invigorated than than it was for my grandpa. I mean, I can't imagine that we'll ever have that kind of optimism, um, you know, that, that my my grandfather's generation had. I had this idea that that sort of that going to architecture school was maybe about like f- fulfilling an idea that you had about yourself that by the time it was over didn't feel true anymore or wasn't in line with what you thought it would feel like. I mean, I remember looking for a like a sense of unity there since you know by the time that you you head to graduate school you know you're probably somewhat serious about what you're doing what you're trying to do with with your life at least that's what I thought and um, I guess I was probably hoping to to like find 
like a, a version of myself there that, that seemed um, interested and capable in changing the world, <laughs> you know. Uh, not, not so. <laughs> so then you had a couple of jobs as an, an architect, but that didn't seem like it excited you or was what you wanted to pursue. I mean, the, the first job that I had was for uh, my professor, you know, it was a summer job. And uh, I remember working on restaurant design there. I can't even, I can't even go into this. Why? <laughs> because Cause it's so bad. I mean, it 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 wasn't. Uh, it it was you know it was just not high minded work. It was like a step up from Applebee's. Oh, it was like a Gordon Biersch, right? Or yeah, something? yeah. That that was that was one. Um, yeah, I remember drawing details for booths at sort of TGI Fridays grade restaurants and um, I guess <clears throat> that I was hoping that I could do that at the same time as, as uh, doing big things in the world. Detailing uh, booths at TGI Fridays didn't, that, that's not what changing the world that was. <laughs> that was not consistent with your conception of changing the world. Right. The big thing that I was looking for that I didn't find was cohesiveness to the to the narrative and um, so academically I think my work was like became kind of more ironic and it wasn't really possible to have uh, that genuine feeling that I think my grandfather was you know just totally ran through all his work he, he sort of maintained a really genuine belief in the, the capabilities that architecture had Sam told me in an email that he is seeking relevancy. He wrote that for him, that means a connection to a larger scene than the little internal world we all carry around with us inside our heads, and that he hopes that the work he ends up committed to, in the end, has a positive impact on the lives of people and places around him. I felt for a long time uh, after coming out of school, like it felt to me like the relevant sort of movement was in digital technology and being a programmer and understanding the information systems and stuff like that. So I, f I kind of felt like I had gotten on a, sh a ship that had like long since sailed, um, be, you know, deciding to be an architect. In some respects, the world of miniatures is long in Sam's past. He's 30 now, years out of school, and he's not even sure he still has Woodland House. But then Woodland House was about fantasy, and Sam is still very rooted in the design of spaces, now in tangible, grown-up ways. He graduated from his architecture program in 2008, right as the financial crisis was hitting, and it was tough to find a job. After several years of shorter-term positions, including everything from architectural design to working at a moving company, he unofficially left the profession to take a position at a company that was later acquired by a global tech giant. His new title is Creative Technologist, he works as a designer, writer, and strategist for spatial design projects. Despite not being a practicing architect at a traditional firm, there is a lot of opportunity. The sheer size and reach of his employer means that they will have an enormous influence on how things get built. If he stays with them, Sam will get to be a part of that and, potentially, the socially relevant work he was hoping to find. I mean, there are, there are just there are all kinds of ways to find meaning 
in architecture and everybody was doing it is doing it differently um i'm i'm trying to <laughs> trying to find my way back to that so has your idea of what that could look like changed definitely yeah i mean i think it's gotten more interesting and complicated what i'm trying to figure out now is how to uh, without being a specialist in really in either field i can be a generalist in both and combine them into some sort of alchemical new substance that that is both things how i ended up there is is crazy but here i am story for another podcast (laughs) we started with tall houses miniatures (laughs) Miniatures. we started with miniatures well thanks for talking about it yeah sure same time next week same time next week yeah that'll be a hundred (laughs) dollars Before I end this podcast, I want to say a special thank you to Dimitri for the new microphone that made this episode possible. You can subscribe to our podcast through the iTunes store or through SoundCloud. For a new post every Monday, sign up at smallanswers.us.